Welcome back to even more Bible study with us, the drunkest hosts ever. No, kidding. No, far we're from not, the drunkest we're hosts not really. ever. Yeah, no, just, I've listened uh, to some podcasts with drunker hosts. That's true. Definitely. Really? Yeah, I'm or sure. I'm buzzest, just a hungry the host. Buzzest host. The buzzedest ever? hosts. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty yeah. buzzed. Pretty buzzed. Um, yeah. So this is going to be for what numbers sixteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, today I was really interested in what does God look like? You were really and interested in that. I was. I was like, you know, what is God? And I've said this apparently You're a like, lot. I don't remember God saying it. was one of us? Exactly. But it's funny because I thought that like he is, there. there is this like comparison to man, right? To right. men. Yeah. In the, or, or, or well, us. Well, there's, just, in Genesis, it's... It, that in he his made image. man in his image, yes. Right. And so Genesis people take that to one twenty seven. God must be shaped like a human. Yeah, something along so. those lines. So I looked up a thing called allaboutgod.com. Wow, okay, that's oh, a good oh, URL. Yeah. Allaboutgod.com, yeah. And so, yes, they, they essentially were talking about image, God being made in man's image. But interestingly... The Hebrew word for image translates as an outline or representation of an original as a shadow is the outline of its original. Huh. Okay. Okay. That Which is, is interesting. interesting. Yeah, so exactly. The idea that so it could be God's like kind of just a shadow of himself and not really the real deal. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I really don't know, but um so apparently any insight to what does God look like requires an extraordinary encounter. So like in Genesis, when Jacob uh, was wrestling with God. So apparently God came as close to Jacob as possible. The creator's hands were physically placed on him. I remember that. Right, because Jacob like had his hip broken or something. Yeah, exactly. Probably yeah. just by like God's like intense hands Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe yeah yeah but apparently it's not permissible for god's face to literally be seen Uh which was something that happened in exodus so when moses encountered god as a blazing bush he feared looking at god and then it says even moses's intimate relationship in which the lord spoke face to face contained limitations so in seeking god's glorious presence Moses is reminded, you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. Yeah, totally. Now, do you remember that from Exodus? Yeah, yeah, that's an Exodus, which is rough. So, like, yeah, so that whole thing that we're talking about where God, like, is kind of in a bath, or, yeah, he's in a bath towel, like, poking his head out, and <laughs> Moses can't look at him, but it's just like, okay, God, I'm taking down your information <laughs> on a notepad while you're getting out of the shower, like... That sort of uh, sort of works out See, here. See, when I was a child, there was a children's Bible that portrayed God as like the pretty stereotypical big beardy grandfather in the Boy, sky, yeah. uh-huh. um, and pretty much my entire Christian career. That was how I envisioned God. Like that was I couldn't even when I wanted to envision God as something else, I couldn't yeah. get that image out of my head of just the big beardy man in the sky. Um, Is that how you still see? No, definitely oh. not. Uh, now looking at this God in the Old Testament, I definitely see someone younger and mm. more petty. Like I see, oh, I gosh. see God what does as petty like look like Dedeker? a man who just hit his like midlife crisis. 
Ooh. is how I see, I see rather Yahweh. Than the old beardy like, man. Okay. He's, so yeah, maybe, he's not an old beardy man. He's not a young, attractive man. It's like he's a man who is desperately grasping on to his power and relevancy. So and will do it any way he can. That's maybe how I see God. By the New Testament, he becomes that old beardy man. Because maybe I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to read it because this is all this is all new, you know, just reading it now this time with like adult eyes and a fresh perspective. I'm like, this is but like I said, he's like this weird middle aged abusive boyfriend, basically. Yeah, yeah, I Gosh. agree with you. How do you how did you used to imagine God, Jace? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely the sort of, you know, fatherly beardy figure was like the pictures that I saw. Um yeah, I mean, I feel like we all kind of got a similar thing. Like, you know, it's like the god of the um, the Sistine Chapel roof, right? right? With, it's like yeah. the god yeah, who's old, beardy, but also still ripped. You know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the god. Wait, see, I never imagined old god beardy is ripped. and ripped. I mean, not okay, not maybe ripped, but like in shape. You know, he's definitely he's definitely cut. You know, he's so right. cut. Right? Do you see what I'm talking just about? A tiny Emily? bit like shredded. The... Yeah. No. Kind of <laughs> cut. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> to say the, this. A tiny bit shredded. You know, just a tiny. No, bit, I mean, yeah. for, for an old guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But wait, you two, uh, you two, continue for a moment. You two okay. You're gonna look up some cool things. Well, I was gonna say, Emily, did you know that there's a word for this for seeing God? What? It's theophany. Is, I did not know that. Theophany. A, theophany is wow. the word for seeing the physical form of a deity. And this is wow. this applies to like you know, any any mythology like Greek and Roman mythology or whatever. Um the, the word comes from ancient Greek. Uh, but yeah. So theophany? Yeah, yeah. So it's like the the referring to the appearances of gods in uh, Eastern religions or in Greek mythologies or whatever. Anyway, so that's that's this term that's generally used for talking about these certain instances where God has appeared, whether it's the burning bush or the okay. pillar of fire or on Mount Sinai when God was like, I'm going to cover your face so you can't see me until you only see my back as I'm walking away. Whatever that's those a lot are all, safer. Yeah, because no one can see my face and live. So yeah, that that's called theophany. Theophany. Okay. I guess like an epiphany, but thea like a god, right? Like Like theology. Theology Theology, like God, yeah. What's Fanny? What's Fanny? What is Fanny? I don't know. What does Fanny mean? Do you want to look it up? Should I look it up? Uh I'm Googling it really quick. A manifestation or appearance. That's Greek. Yes. Okay. So epiphany, what's epi mean then? God dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Like an EpiPen? Right, yeah, like an, an EpiPen. EpiPen. Uh, it, yeah. it means upon, on, over, near, or at. So an epiphany, I guess, to sort of like to, to come upon something, to, to like come upon. see something yeah, okay, all of a sudden, sense. the appearance of something all of a sudden. An that epiphany. makes sense. I like that. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. On this episode right, of Linguistics. English Study. <laughs> yeah, it's something y'all love. I Can I complain it. about Aaron? Yeah, please. I mean, yeah. Please do. Yeah. Okay. I just... Why is he God's favorite boy? I feel like my perception of Aaron when I was young was like, yeah, Aaron, sidekick to Moses. Great. Like, good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. We like Aaron. And mm. now reading it, I'm like, he, like, it he's just doesn't. He's a mastermind. He's a mastermind. It's like you connect all the dots. He never gets in trouble. No. He gets yeah. all the 
all the benefits. Yeah. He gets all the power. Yeah. He doesn't get any of the direct criticism that like Moses gets. Like the You're people grumble to Moses. Right. They don't grumble to Aaron. Um, I'm like, this just seems a little too suspicious to me. Hmm. I agree with you. So what, why do you think that is that Aaron is God's chosen boy? Well, I mean, if I'm looking at this in a way where I think that Yahweh is a construct made up by Aaron and Moses to control the people, then I'm Whoa, like, well, clearly that's, that's that. But that's a little extreme. Wow. A little extreme. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why Aaron is actually Yahweh's favorite boy. It's all a little bit uh, shifty, I think. Yeah. I did learn, though, that... So Aaron is also in the Quran. A lot of these stories are also in the Quran. Right. Um, and... Uh, Specifically, the story with the golden calf, Aaron is actually 100% innocent in that story. What? Where it's, yeah, it's, it's you know, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, right. and Aaron's trying to prevent the people from making the golden calf, but in the Quran, it's actually made by a different man. It's made by a wicked man by the name of Asamiri. Asamiri is the one okay. who makes the golden calf, um, and Aaron is the one who's like, no, 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 please don't, please don't, please don't. And... When Moses comes back, he does get mad at Aaron, being like, how could you allow this? Um, and Aaron tries to be like, I know, I'm so sorry, but like, I didn't make it. Like, please, you know, like they, I thought they were going to murder me. I think that was also the thing is that mm, like, he kind of gives okay. it the defense of like, I thought that the people were going to kill me if I didn't allow them to do this. So he's like, wow, he was kind of more of a bystander, more of an enabler, I guess. Maybe, yeah. maybe under duress, perhaps in the Quran. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't that's know fascinating. that. Fascinating. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know there. Wow, yeah. it's a very different Which telling think, of that story from what we read. It Indeed, is very just yeah. like, for sure. Uh, Drops some like, gold in the I fire and threw some stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Wow. Yeah, totally. So maybe again in the Quran version of things, maybe Aaron was guilty and he was just like, uh, uh I'm just gonna blame this guy. Um, mm. he did it. Um, or maybe he truly mm. was innocent. I don't know. I don't know. Fascinating. Well, I'm interested to see where Aaron's story goes. Because, yeah, like how it ends, because everyone is eventually going to die. I mean, I know we're taking like a long time with Moses and all and Aaron and everyone, but eventually we're going to move on from it. And what is that going to entail? Yeah. Who's going to be next? Who's going to be picking up those marionette strings next? Right. Mm. So, so I tried to look into a little bit more about falling on one's face. Uh, this this falling <laughs> now, on his face thing exactly ever. How did you go about researching that? I am curious. It was a little bit of a challenge to find things. However, that wording of falling on his face is somewhat specific. It turns out so because it's not like fall on your knees, which is in uh, the what is it? Um, oh, holy night. <laughs> yes, mm. not like that Christmas song. What you, if it was? But what if it was? <laughs> Fall on your, your face. face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here. Yeah, exactly. Like, good Lord. Because <laughs> you're always going to burn everybody. <laughs> um, okay, so so the deal is that there are um, this, so this idea of prostration, right? Of like lowering yourself to the ground in front of someone or something. That yeah. this, there's two different. Um, Hebrew ways of saying this, not even just words, but but like one's a word and the other's a phrase. But one is the falling on one's face, and then the other one is bowing low. And the bowing mm. low could be anything from the Japanese dogeza of like you're kneeling and you're putting your face all the way on the ground 
to just like bowing very low from a standing position. It kind of covers huh. that whole range of just like okay, so a it low could, bow. It could have possibly not involved any facial contact with the ground. See, however, no, I want the face on the ground, okay? All the way. So that's the other word. The one oh, used here see. is falling on one's face, which is <laughs> a little more dramatic let's say yeah. <laughs> for sure so this the falling on one's face specifically happens 27 times in the hebrew Wh- bible what jeez it happens seven times before another person as a as an expression of submission wow. 11 times before a manifestation of god from being overcome with awe okay and then nine times and this is the one that we saw here which is nine times in order to initiate conversation with God. Hmm. So this particular thing, this is on mtorah.com, which is the Midrash Torah. Um, Torah. Torah. It talks about, it's basically that, that generally Yahweh speaks to Moses or, or to Aaron or to someone else. But in this case, they were like, we need Yahweh now. So we're going to like pick up the bat phone and fall on our face. That I'm just going to make that joke. Pick up the Yahweh phone by falling on your face. Uh-huh. Yeah, that it's like, that's the deal. And the so, gateway to yo, yo, yo way. <laughs> gateway to Yahweh, yes. So this, this particular article I found um, was kind of interesting because it was basically making the case that like some commentators proposed that them falling on their face was them prostrating themselves to the people coming up you know because mm. that's kind of what it sounds like if you read yeah, it in our it context it's like they came up and complained and they fell on their face but yeah. this this particular uh, writer whose article i found that i thought kind of went into a little more depth than others was saying that basically nowhere in the bible does someone in authority bow down or fall on his face to someone underneath him oh, and okay. so the idea that this would happen would be just doesn't fit, just doesn't make sense. And instead they're saying that the flinging themselves on the face on their faces is to, <laughs> is to get Yahweh to respond right away. It's, it's wow. like this. So, okay. I know it's for like, sure it's like, there's, it's like paging him nine one one, you know, there's for sure been a pastor somewhere who's made that observation of like, you just go through life just like praying to God, being like, oh, God, I hope, hope you help me out with this, hope you help me out with that. But you'll notice that in the Bible, God is the one who starts the conversation unless mm. you fall on your face. That's good. You've come up with a lot of good like sermons lately. Oh, I, feel I could like... definitely write that sermon about how you need to prostrate yourself first before Yahweh's going to come a calling to well, help you. It's funny. Let me just read you the headline of this other article that I found by Rabbi David Evan Marcus. How to Fall on Your Face, The Spiritual Art of Leadership. What? What? Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. So he basically kind of went in that direction, right? Of being like, you've got to be humble to lead. Is Which, honestly, when I read it... I like that. When I read it, I got a little bit more of a like, cool. So we're trying real hard to paint Moses as just always the good guy here. But, uh, Mm. you know, you know. Right. Well... That's sure, of course. I still have a better taste in my mouth about Moses than about Aaron, though. Honestly, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I still feel like still Moses. Aaron is on the sh- the stuff list. The or wait, you list. say you say it's okay to say the s word because you I, I say guess. it all the time. I think so. On this show, the, I'm not going to say it. The poop list. The poop list. 
Aaron's on the poop list. <laughs> Moses is still on the the goop list. I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> the gooping and pooping. Okay. Oh boy. Um, well, so this this article makes this interesting case here specifically about when then the people come back the next day and are like, you killed... Okay, first of all, says the next day, this is the quote, the next day, all the Israelites protest against Moses and Aaron, blaming them for the death of 253 people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hang on. Who are the, it was the other plus three Korah, people? Korah, Danath, and... Uh, oh okay i was like yeah. who are the three people and their families and everyone associated with them and i'm like yeah. okay buddy pal mishra torah writer person if you really want me to believe that like you're the authority on this then pay a little more freaking attention to what it says in this good good very good mm. book i'm just like come on it's not 253 people it's probably more like 280 or maybe more right more like let's, that. Yeah. let's be real here Anyway, that bothered me. So you well, lost some points. <laughs> you lost some points. Women and children don't matter, apparently. I guess so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Obviously, Chase. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come but on. he goes on. the resident male. <laughs> yeah, but he You're goes not worthy on. Of being counted. He goes on to say that then when they come up and Yahweh's like, "Get away from them! I'm gonna burn them on up." That instead of following that order and running away, they throw themselves down on their faces. And that's kind of what stops God and allows them to go out and save some people from this rapidly spreading epidemic. I Uh, see. You know, this plague that's just like wiping people out left and right, that they're able to run out and save them because they threw themselves on their faces before Yahweh and then, and then, you know, went out and did the incense. It's good for them. This seems like it's a tangent, but I promise it's related. Um, Can we take, like, a field trip out to Bible Land in Orlando or whatever it's called? I've wanted to go there for so long. Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. What in Lord Yahweh's name is Bible (laughs) Land? I think it's called the Holy Land Experience. Yeah, the Holy Land Experience. That's what I was thinking. And why, why, pray tell, is it in Orlando? Because, you know, you're going to fly out to go to Disneyland and you're going to go to the Holy Land Experience, too. And Universal Studios, like, you bundle it all together. Right. <laughs> do they have bundles for all three? I bet they do. I, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Looking at their website, <laughs> I now really, really, really want to go. I know. Seriously. Really, really, really want to go. I was at a um, a murder mystery dinner, actually, a uh, few months ago with some some people who I like kind of knew through some friends, but they were talking about their experience going to the Holy Land experience and highly recommended it. Also had very critical things to say about it, but <laughs> highly recommended going to see it. Really? Um, because it's hilarious so or why? They were there specifically on Easter and oh boy. said that <laughs> oh, wow. during Easter, like during the couple weeks surrounding Easter, they do the crucifixion of Jesus. Excuse me? They, you know, reenact it and what have you. I think... With a guy? Like four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, what? So it's like a, a... Yeah, it's like a parade, you know? Yeah, you know, you gotta do it <laughs> you over know, and over Disney, again. You know, at Disney, you have like Goofy yeah, and Donald. Exactly. And then at right. this place, you have a crucifixion. Well, it's okay. only 50 bucks. It's a lot cheaper than Disneyland is. Oh, wow, sure. well, it's a steal. It's a bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they were saying that particularly what they pointed out when they went a few years ago was that first of all, the guy who plays Jesus has apparently been playing Jesus here for like 
30 years or something wow. like that. So he should like, be God by now. He's basically God. <laughs> and that all of the, in this case, the Jews who are crucifying him were played by Mexicans, was oh what he God. told me. I don't know awful. if that's true. I don't get that impression <sighs> from the videos on their website, but that was his impression of it from, from going there. So, okay. Very interesting. I'm going to veto that. Maybe y'all can Why? go. Why? No, Are you Emily, kidding what? me, Emily? Are you kidding me? Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay. Everyone, please go to change.org, sign our petition <laughs> to get Emily to go to the Holy Land experience. <sighs> okay. Well, we can discuss it at some point. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Flying down to Orlando. This seriously to like, looks amazing. What if we also hooked, like, hooked you up with a trip to Disneyland in Orlando? I mean, then would you go? Yes. Could we bribe you with Disney to go to the whole yes, experience? Maybe, maybe. Okay. I've only been to Disney World once, and I was very young, so I'd totally be down to go. I've again. never been to yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, to I was Disney only there World. when I was seven. You've so. definitely been to Disneyland. Dedeker I've been to Disneyland. Both gone yes. with you. Yeah. But I okay. So we'll go. We'll like. We'll like fulfill our childhood dreams of like going back to Disney World, and then we'll go to the Holy Land experience. Oh, I'm so excited! Oh, I'm so excited! All right. Well, we'll then we'll document it for all y'all, but it's not going to be happening right this yeah, second. Yeah, this isn't going to happen anytime someday. soon, but. If you uh, want to help us out with that, come become a patron. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We promise we'll bring you many experiential like goodies and uh, yeah, all of our, our info on what the Holy Land experience was like. Right. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. <laughs>